Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Yes, indeed. We're live here at the Minnesota State Fair. Mary Meyer is with me and Sam Bauer. It's hard to believe. We haven't seen Sam for quite some time. It has been a while. From the University of Minnesota. These guys are from there helping us out all the time. So, really, if you have a lawn or garden question... We got the brain power here. We hope we have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody here at the State Fair, if you want to, if you have a lawn or garden question, come on up to the railing. We'll uh, get you a microphone. Otherwise, uh, give us a call or send us a text. The phone number is 651-989-9226. Text number is 81807. Now, you guys both know that if people hesitate in calling us to Texas and they wait for about another 20 minutes, we get backlogged. And we, uh, we don't get a chance to answer the questions. So don't wait, is what I'm saying. Call us at 651-989-9226. Or again, send us a text, 81807. Mary, I was uh, telling Sam earlier that I was doing the last couple of weeks some, uh, finally, some work in the yard. And I didn't tell Sam this, but I was I, I, I cleared up some bald spots. Not on me, but on the <laughs> yard. <laughs> and uh, it, uh, a special kind of dirt, some soil, some seed. But again, I wanted to ask you, uh, there's a, a relatively shady spot down by the, the storage shed that I can grow some grass, but maybe I'm not using the right kind. What kind of grass seed will tolerate shade? Yeah, so there are a lot of these what we call dense shade mixtures on the marketplace. Oh, yeah. You want to just be very thoughtful of kind of what you're looking for there. Some don't necessarily contain dense shade grass. You know? Really? Um, yeah, so when we're looking for shade grasses, we're looking mostly for fescues. Uh, two options there would be fine fescues, which are you know much finer texture and really low maintenance and slow growing. And then tall fescue is another really good option as well for shade. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky bluegrass and perennial ryegrass, which are kind of our standard grasses for Minnesota lawns, do not do very well in the shade. You need some good sun for those. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, they have to be on the label. The law requires the the contents have to be on the label. So you might not see it on the front, but if you look on the back, it's listed there. And the percent of fine fescue, they're all it's all listed there by the law. So that's right. Well, you can what, easily see it. When Mary and I were talking about earlier, Sam was coming up to the stage here. Sam has been really busy at the Hort Building with. Uh, what, what kind of a display, and, and what are you guys not preaching, but you're, 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 <laughs> yeah. you're, you have a mission. Sure. So we have a collaboration with the Metropolitan Council, actually, and our goal is just to educate about home water use, uh, lawn irrigation more specifically. Sure. So we have a display in the horticulture building. Love to have anybody stop by 
And what we have there is uh, smart irrigation controllers that will monitor the weather. You can operate them from your smartphone. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, so very valuable as far as reducing the amount of water that we're putting on some of our lawns. Um, Do we water too much? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, look at our, the rainfall we've had. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of rainfall. We're, I think we're at about seven inches for August, you know, and usually we say a lawn would need about an inch a week, so we're well above that. Right. Yeah, so we, we just encourage people to think about their irrigation systems. Mm -hmm. And rather than turn it off and on in the spring and off in the fall, really monitor it and have the equipment so that it regulates the amount of water. Yeah, I think your lawn yeah. would thank you right. for it, and you'd probably save yes. quite, a, quite a bit of money as well. And you and I have talked, too, and Mary has addressed this, that people are who, who, who mow their lawns, some use bags, some don't. But if there's a chance to let those clip clippings just drop, Let's say you fertilized two, three weeks ago. You mowed. You say what? If you if you just leave those uh, clippings in the yard, is it like fertilizing again? Isn't it? Well, grass clippings are about three and a half percent nitrogen. Um, so it's kind of a you know three percent nitrogen bonus. fertilizer yep. there. Yeah, we usually say you can reduce your your annual fertilizer requirement by one application if you just return your clippings to your lawn. How about that? Yeah. Something to do during the Labor Day. I have a feeling that's coming <laughs> that's up. That's right. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Pat in Maple Grove is first up here. Pat, you're uh, on CCO on the Garden Show, brought to us by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. Go ahead, Pat. Hi. Um, years ago, my husband and I had put down some decorative rock, and now I'm, I'm getting onion grass. Somebody told me that is coming up through the rocks. If I spray it with like some kind of a killer, even though I can't get to the root, will that kill it? Yes. Uh, you can use one of the uh, products like Roundup, which kills everything that it hits, and that definitely will kill that. So you have to be pretty um, careful about what you use because the broadleaf weed killers for lawns will not necessarily kill that onion grass. It's a monocot. It's more like a grass. So use something that will, it's a total kill weed killer, and that will take care of it. Um, if you could try hand weeding, but that might be more difficult. And it's got a little bulb on it if it is onion grass, so that's harder to get that out. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Pat. Pat leaves that line open at 651-989-9226. If you're just joining us, we're live here at the Minnesota State Fair. Uh, Mary Meyer, Sam Bauer in from the University of Minnesota was telling you guys that great website. I learned so much from the U of M Extension website. There's so many things. You could spend hours just you know, learning things. Actually, some people have told us we have too much too stuff on <laughs> the website. <laughs> we have too many pages. But, <clears throat> yes, it's uh, extension.umn.edu. It really is great, great information. And uh, uh, we get calls, as you know, about uh, certain critters, certain bugs, too. Oh. And I know you, you've got descriptions of maybe plant diseases, too, but you can even look up critters, too. Can't yeah, you? we have some tools on there. One is called What Insect Is This? Yeah. And you can search and look for controls of, of any insects, even indoor insects, you know, and certainly outdoor pests as well. And we have um, that on, on plant diseases and um, weeds also. So some nice tools on there that yeah. a lot of our educators have worked really hard at. Yeah, right. we always like to give that website uh, a few times during uh, during the show. Again, 651-989-9226. i tell you what, before we break, let's go to uh, Janet, who's calling from uh, Maplewood, Minnesota, with a question. Go ahead, Janet. Thank you. Yes, I have some green moss showing on the top of my soil by my plants. What is it, and how do I get rid of it? 
Well, yeah, so um, this would be in a garden, I would assume. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, so moss is usually just, you know, an indication of, of excessively moist situations, oftentimes some shade um, and maybe some soil compaction. Uh, you know, I usually don't recommend products to control moss because it's very shallow rooted. You can just pull it up with some with a rake and, and remove it there. And then um, to prevent it from coming back would be either mulching that area or planting some other type of ground cover. Right. You, you, it, the best thing is if you can remove it because the spores will, uh, um, if you don't remove all of it, it'll regrow on its own. So try to remove it if, if that's practical. And there are some iron-based products mm -hmm. that do have some control if it keeps coming, coming back um, on you. I was looking at the text screen, too, while you were giving that uh, reply. And we have, of course, about 100 texts already. <laughs> uh, hi, please ask Mary why leaves are turning. It seems pretty early. Uh, it does seem early. Some plants have a tendency to uh, have early fall color. We see that now on the autumn uh, blaze maple uh, coloring up. Sometimes it's an indication of a plant that's not as healthy if uh, it has early fall color, but it, it might simply be fine. More A uh, little premature is not too much of a problem if the overall the plant is healthy otherwise. Okay. But it's getting to be fall it now. Is. It, it is. It's hard to believe. September. So. That's it hard is to believe. Hard. Right. Tell you what, let's take a break here. We have more show to come. Anybody here at the fair, if you have a lawn or garden question, we'll field those for, uh, for you. Or give us a call. I see one line is open at 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Back from the fair. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And here we are broadcasting live, like the guy said, from the Minnesota State Fair. Cloudy now. We hope to see the sun a little bit later on this afternoon, which will keep, keep things growing nicely. This September is the second day of September wow. already. Wow. Uh, Sam Bauer and Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota are helping us out here at the fair like they do every year. It didn't seem like a whole year had passed and has gone by, but it certainly has. And things haven't changed. We have a lot of callers and many texters as well. So let's get back to the phones. Let's see who's been waiting. Larry is calling from Faribault, Minnesota. Go ahead, Larry. You are on uh, CCO live from the fair. Larry? Hello, Larry. Well, I don't know. Is Janet there? Live radio. <laughs> Is anybody there? I'm here, yeah. Denny. Yeah. Sam's, Sam's oh, wait, here. I hear somebody. Okay. Whoever you are, come in, please. Uh, Janet is here. There's Janet. Okay, thank you, Janet, for saving me. How can we help you? I am calling to find out, is it better to uh, do planting of shrubs and perennials in the fall? Is it too late, or should we wait until spring? Well, you've got about another uh, two weeks, maybe, Janet, to, to do this. So we like to have a month in the fall for root establishment. So between now, do we have a month left? Well, I hope so. But it's getting close to the end. So definitely at the 1st of October, it's too late. So, okay. Uh, so do it, do it now. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Sure. Love your show. <laughs> I've, I've, my high-tech ability here, I just realized that uh, the computer is reconnecting. So in the meantime, we have to song and dance here for a while. But you know what I think I will do because we have uh, many. i tell you what, there we go. We just got reconnected. Isn't it amazing? Uh, let's see if Cindy in Watertown is with us. Cindy, are you there? There's I Cindy. am here. Good. Yes, I am. 
Can you hear me? I, we certainly can. What is your question, uh, please? My question is, we have a area in our lower yard that we had cleaned up, and we now have squash. It's kind of an awkward area, squash and viney things. We want to take that out and put that more into a wildflower garden or um, some grasses, like a wildlife natural cover. And my question is, how do you even go about that with all the weed seeds in there? Um, do you do it in the fall? Do you do it in the spring? So I would do it in the spring, and I would uh, section off the area. If it's very large, it, may, it might be too much to do at once, so I'd section it off like a third or a quarter at a time. I would uh, mow it or get rid of the top growth of the weeds. I would put in plants, and I'd put in a mulch so that you cover up the area that um, where the other weed seeds could come. And if it's a smaller area, it might be fairly practical to even uh, kill some of the vegetation with just a plastic sheet. Um, you could, you know, take a, a large square plastic sheet and dig the edges of that into the ground. And that, you know, if you leave that on there for four to six weeks, would kill most of the vegetation and even some of the weed seeds in the soil. Mm -hmm. um, yes. That's, we call that solarization. So, right. So um, just with the heat uh, and the plastic on it, that will kill it. Yep. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Could you do that in the fall? Could you, like, kill it in the fall and then put plastic down and leave the snow come and then um, in the spring seed? Well, it's not as good because the winter is too cold. The solar is really the heat in the summertime that that does that killing. So, no, I, I don't I don't think you'll be. I think you'd have to start all over again. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, just get rid of the weeds in the fall, and then in the spring, put uh, plastic over and cover it, and then for about six weeks, and then seed and mulch. Yeah, just keep in mind, the longer you have bare soil there with nothing right. planted into it, the more weeds are going to come in. So the sooner you right. can time the removal of that plastic with your oh. planting and mulching, you know, you're going to be much better. Much um, more effective. Yeah. The one thing you could do this fall is cut off any seed heads. Any of the weeds or right. things that are there that are going to seed, you can remove those seed heads because that's going to be just contribute to your problem next year. Right, and we'll do that, but you know we're in the country, so you've got all your thistles and you've got all of that coming right. in from the, yeah. that you can't help. Right, but, but you, okay. could see, you can still do this. I would just say to do it in sections at a time that you can manage and take care of it. Okay, so then as those, as those seeds come up, just go in and pull out your thistles and whatever you can know for sure that are weeds and... Well, if you're planting grasses, you really don't have much of an option to put pre-emergence down, like a preen, which would be trifluralin. Um, but if you're using right. some type of plants, you could use pre-emergence, and that would, you know, prevent other weed seeds from coming in. Yeah. So um, that's a right. good option if you're using yeah. some type of uh, space plantings. Okay. Well, I'm thinking you know, our area is probably 30 by 50 feet. Oh. So I'm thinking okay. more seeds. You know, we're gonna have to do seeds of some sort. Okay, then that might take the pre-emergence out of the uh, yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, Cindy. Well, good luck okay. with all of that. Okay. A, a labor of much. love, sure. Uh, text number is eight one eight zero seven, and uh, here's one for Sam. I think, Mary. How late can I still put down sod this fall? 
you know, sod you can do quite a bit later than seed. Um, I think in most um, falls you'd be safe up till about October 1st or so. Um, you know, last fall it was really warm wow. until yeah. the end of November, I think, even, you know. Um, but, yeah, usually I would say about October 1st. Um, just be sure to water it really well. You want to try to get some of those roots established before winter. Uh, for seed, we would say about mid-September would kind of be your last date for seeding. If you get much past that, chances are it's not going to establish very well before winter. And this is, like you said it again, uh, in fact, I was telling you off air, I was doing the same thing myself, is uh, preparing the lawn and seeding, getting that, you know, the seed, you just can't toss the seed in your grass. <laughs> it's got to have that contact, doesn't it? Right, yeah, you want to rake the seed into the soil and then be sure to keep it moist as well. And right. it depends a lot on the grass seed you use, but, for example, the fescues, they germinate and establish pretty quick. Uh, so you're watering them daily for the first week. For bluegrass, it's quite a bit longer um, to, to water that. I tell you what, let's take our bottom of the hour break. We have another uh, half hour of the show to go. I see one line is open at 651-989-9226. Messages at 81807. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Lawn and Garden Talk every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. This time we are at the Minnesota State Fair. Uh, with us, Mary Meyer and uh, Sam Bauer from the University of Minnesota. A lot of great help today, as we always do. We appreciate you guys helping our CCO listeners out every week. You've done a, How many years are we doing this now, you guys? Oh, my gosh. It's four at least. Maybe yeah, four or five. Maybe we're in our fifth, fifth It's year, a maybe? lot of fun for us. We enjoy it. We get to know what the problems are, what people are asking Kind of keeps you on your right. toes, too, right? Yeah, so. You bet. Yeah, I think your gardening knowledge, Denny, is, <laughs> well, kind of, is, is doing pretty well. <laughs> you guys help me fake it. That's what happens. <laughs> 651-989-9226 is our phone number. Uh, text is 81807. We have plenty of both, so let's uh, get back to it. Who's been waiting? Uh, Ron is calling from St. Bonnie, I think. Ron, thank you for waiting. What is your question, please? I have a two-fold question, actually. I have a two-foot area in my lawn that looks to be growing Bermuda grass right now. I don't know where I came from. It's kind of a fine, short-leaf grass that's viney and it's crawling. Um, don't know what I should do to kill it off and get back to my regular grass. Also, I have black-eyed Susans I would like to transplant and wondering if I should cut the heads off before to make it a little more survivable. Yes, you definitely can. You can cut the black-eyed Susan about to half of the growth that you've got there when you transplant that. Those are pretty easy to transplant, uh, the black-eyed Susan, so you could, you could do that right now, get as much soil as possible. Regarding the Bermuda grass, uh, chances are it isn't Bermuda grass. That's a warm season grass. I really don't see it much in Minnesota lawns here. Um, probably bent. So, yeah, it, probably creeping bent grass would be my suspicion. That's a, a, a grass that has stolen, so it kind of creeps across the ground just like creeping Charlie would. Um, very fine textured grass. Um, looks just fantastic on golf course putting greens and fairways, you know, under a half of an inch, but um, certainly can be a weed in home lawns. Uh, Bermuda grass really wouldn't green up until about the 1st of June, um, and then it would start start turning off color in, in mid-September or so. Um, but, yeah, bent grass is my suspicion it, there. It can look patchy, too, so you can really see the difference in that with Kentucky bluegrass. Yeah, yeah. and we do have um, some information on our website, which is extension.umn.edu, that has some pictures of the bent grass on there. Um, if it is creeping bent grass, um, there, there's a product that would uh, be successful to control. It's called mesotrione. Uh, sold under the, the trade name of Tenacity. All right, very good. Uh, let's That's see. That's why we have Sam on here. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps, keeps 
up with the chemicals. He's their tur- the uh, turf guru, right? right? right. Our turf yes. guru. Right. Uh, speaking of turf, I wanted to ask you: is that we talk about the lawn aeration? Uh-huh. Uh, can you do you need to do that, or should you do it once a year? Is it, do you need to do it that often? Yeah, the answer is kind of a, it depends. Um, so if you're compact soil, yeah, if you're really compacted soil, you know, um, quite frankly, you really can't aerate that enough. You know, I would do maybe a spring and fall. If you're a really sandy soil, uh, you maybe only need to aerate once every three to five years. Um, but I do think that aeration is, is really under underutilized in Minnesota. Um, a great practice, really helps with root growth and helps with some moisture infiltration as well. So more rainfall and more irrigation would stay on your property. I hadn't had it done for years, and I rented one myself. It kind of was like a running away with a bull. I'm not used to that. But it, uh, it, it, it made a difference in the lawn. It's amazing yeah. how much greener and richer it was. Right. You want to get the aerator that throws the plugs up out of the soil. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah, just yes. you. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right. All right. Let's see. Uh, who's next? Uh, Yvonne is calling from Osceola, Wisconsin, with a question for us. Uh, go ahead, Yvonne. Hi, um, we are planning on moving between now and the end of the year. Can I dig up a hosta plant and a hot lip sylvia plant and put it in a flower pot and will it survive? Well, it'll survive if you can dig it and plant it again as soon as possible. So I would not advise holding this in a container through the winter or anything like that. So if you can dig it up now and then within a short amount of time replant it at your new location, yes, with a hosta you can be successful. It'll still be a little bit harder, but um, but the, the key is planting them uh, in a short amount of time afterwards and not holding them indefinitely in a pot. Okay, we have a question and hopefully an answer here at the Minnesota State Fair. And uh, this lovely young lady is here. You look awfully familiar. Uh, maybe because I worked as your producer years and years and years and years ago. <laughs> and you really kept me in line, too, didn't you? <laughs> At least tried to. Yes. It was great to see Sue Fraze and Denny, her husband. Where's Denny? He's over there. Okay, he's hiding out. You have a question for, for our guys here. Yes, I do. And... Uh, I had talked to Sam earlier about Florida, and now I think it's both Minnesota and Florida. Bougainvillea? Oh, yes, Bougainvillea. I have an absolutely gorgeous one down there, and I, I really, I've never had one up here, and I, I don't know quite how to treat it. It, it totally went out of control, I think, and yes. so I clipped it back, finding out that there's long thorns. Oh, yeah. It's on, a, <laughs> yes, but Bougainvillea is an annual for us. It doesn't live unless you have it um, in a container you bring indoors, but yeah. it's a spectacular plant. It's I've beautiful. seen it at some of the garden centers in a tree form or in a pot. Yes, and you a hot, sunny location in Minnesota, you can have flowers all summer. So do I need to trim it back? I mean, like I said, it was out of control, and I just I thought, well, I'm going to try to shape it a little bit. You can. You can because it kind of, uh, it, it's a very tough plant. But you're talking right. about shaping it, the one in Florida that you have. Well, just right. to get it yes. sort of, and yes. then it was laying down on the ground on one side, and yes. so we got trellises and we pushed it back up with, much you cussing s- and swearing, I might yeah. say. <laughs> you normally see it growing on a trellis because it's a viney-like plant, so it needs yes. training or it needs a trellis to yes. put it on. Right. Okay, and any Good. special 
fertilizer anything I should give um, it? You can give it regular fertilizer. Uh, liquid fertilizer is okay. fine, but basically full sun is what it likes. No, it, and that's what it's got. Yeah, yes. it tends to bloom very, uh, very well in full sun. Okay, great. Thank you. I suppose being in Florida quite often that we can't uh, entice you to come back to work. Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. He says no to this guy. Unless it's a remote. Unless it's a remote. Thanks. It was great to see Sue, Fraze, and Denny here. Old friends. Nice to see him make that, that trek from up north. We have a lot of listeners and a lot of textures. Uh, l- let me get this came in earlier today. Uh, we're going on an extended vacation in the middle of October. We'll be returning in November, one week after our yardway service stops removal. Um, I know that frost freeze dates lately are very late. What are the pros and cons of cutting all of our perennials to that magic one and a half inch level before we leave? Does that make sense? Yeah, so I think she's talking about the yard waste to to actually get it removed, to get mm-hmm. it off the property. That's why she's thinking about mm-hmm. that. Well, Seems like uh, Yeah. Well, we know the pollinators like the plants to be left intact. And we see a lot more pollinators that live in the stalks of perennials today because we are encouraging people not to cut them back. Um, I would cut back peonies that have botrytis and uh, powdery mildew on flocks. Otherwise, I don't think I'd cut many of those back. I would leave them there um, uh, for the pollinators. And Uh, beauty, because many perennials are nice in the winter. I want to make mention that our friends at By the Yard, that CCO Land Company, uh, again, has sponsored this show, makes it happen every week. We thank them for that. And they're here at the Merchandise Mart at the fair, too, by the way. And we're sitting in the And chairs. you're sitting <laughs> by the Yard furniture, right. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you can tell it's not real light stuff, is it? It's very <laughs> substantial. It's the real deal. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones. Uh, who has been waiting? Let's go to Gene, who is uh, calling from Egan with a question for you guys. Go ahead, Gene. Thanks for waiting. Hi, good morning. morning. I'm wondering about... Um, Yard fabric. We had quite a large landscaping project done about, I don't know, 12 years ago with a landscaping fabric, and it was wonderful at first, and then as soon as the weeds started poking up through it, it was difficult to pull them and get to the root of the, of the weeds, and then also some of the plants, the roots of the plants started running along the top of the fabric as soon as the fabric built up enough soil on the top of it. So I've been each summer now ripping that fabric out of there, and I want to know if it has damaged some of the plants. I did read online that it tends to um, damage some roots on some plants when that fabric is over it. And it's not the plastic stuff. It's the woven Fiber, right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so what you're describing is what we see a lot of times as our gardens age, and you get soil on top of that fiber mat, and yes, everything is going to grow up on top of it, then you've got the fiber in the middle, and it's not a good situation. No. So removing it is uh, what we're doing in the grass collection and out at the Arboretum because we did the same thing you did. That's about <laughs> your only option, it sounds like. Right, at this time, that's your only option, right. So the, the trick is never getting soil on top of the mat. Right. And that's pretty difficult. It's pretty difficult. Right. So I am doing the right thing by removing it. You are. You're doing the right thing by removing it because the roots will get better uh, water and uh, air exchange. Okay. Okay. Thanks very much. Let's see if we can pick up on a couple of text messages. Bought a house recently. Has a very nice crab apple tree. The branches hang really low. Hard to mow under it. When can I trim it? 
um, you can the best time to trim is when it's totally dormant, when the the leaves are off. Uh, so I would wait till the winter. At this point, I would uh, trim it when the leaves have fallen off. Speaking of trimming, another text came in: How to trim hibiscus? How do you do that? Hibiscus are really tough, and you can cut them back. Most of hibiscus for us are going to be houseplants. You're going to have to bring those in in the wintertime. So people tend to prune that when they bring it indoors because it's a big plant and it's a lot to keep indoors. Um, you can Some people um, prune it uh, before they put it out in the springtime. So pretty much any time of year you can prune the hibiscus because you're going to be bringing that um, okay. indoors. There's one for Sam. I put grass seed down on my lawn. Does the dew in the early morning help in any way if I can't water often enough? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, um, you know, we have more humidity in the morning and less wind speed. And, yeah, so the dew certainly does help uh, the seed. I usually say if you're planting new grass seed and, you, and you, you know, irrigation is the most important thing after you put the grass seed down. Um, but you can really delay that first irrigation cycle till 9 or 10 a.m. because of the dew and, and more humidity in the morning. Um, yeah, so you certainly don't need to water it right at 6 or 7 in the sure. morning. Uh-huh. Very good. Uh, is it Before we break, is it uh, too late in the season to plant shrubs and perennials? Uh, I think you've got till about September 15th. So between now and September 15th, maybe two weeks, uh, okay. but that's about it. And container plants are good because they have a good root system established already. So we like about a month for things to grow in the fall. Sam, what's the window of opportunity for planting grass seed? Grass seed, we usually say mid-August to mid-September. So you've got another couple weeks for Same that thing. as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the calendar schedule. It all depends on the fall that we have. Um, but if you miss the opportunity to get the seed down before mid-September, then usually I would say wait and do a, what we call a dormant seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be putting seed down in early to mid-November with the anticipation that it's going to germinate and grow next spring. Not early enough to get frozen. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a break. It's 65 degrees, and I do... Is that the sun I see out there? It's sun lightening up, yes. The forecast is right. How about that? We may see sunshine this afternoon. We're seeing some of that here at the fair right now. And maybe that'll raise that temperature. It's been uh, 65 degrees for a few hours now. We'll be back live at the fair here on our Smart Garden Show on CCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show live from the Minnesota State Fair. Denny Long here out on the deck along with Mary Meyer and Sam Bauer from the University of Minnesota helping us out. And boy, as usual, this is not not anything different because it's the fair. The phone lines are filled. The text line is filled as well. So let's uh, see if we can. We'll have to do a marathon, right? We should. Maybe we should do another three hours. Well, no, Andy Linders wouldn't like that. (laughs) Let's uh, go back to the phones. Uh, Joel has been waiting the longest there, calling from Litchfield. Uh, Joel, what is your question for, uh, for our guys here? Well, good morning. We're almost to the fair here, and I'm just uh, curious. Can you over-irrigate your yard? I start out at the beginning of the year, uh, having a nice, thick, plush green yard. I mow it about four inches long, and by the time I get to the end, I it's still thick and plush, but it's kind of got some brown spots in it, and I've always wondered if that's some over-irrigating. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you most certainly can over-irrigate um, uh, lawns, and, you know, 
uh, I try to encourage people to manage their lawn irrigation system on one of two ways. The one way is to have some technology that will either uh, turn the system off if we get adequate rainfall. So that would be either a rain sensor or a soil moisture sensor or even a smart irrigation controller. Um, but even you know better yet, I like to just uh, run the irrigation system in completely manual mode, meaning it's normally off. You wait till your lawn gets a little bit dry, and then you turn it back on. And when you you're on that program, what happens is your lawn will develop a much deeper root system, because if you water every other day, there's constantly moisture there at the surface, and the roots really don't need to grow um, uh, very far. So you're not uh, very you know. Uh, your lawn isn't very drought conditioned or, or um, uh, able to survive any, any time of drought. All right, thank you very much. All right, Joel, have fun at the fair today. Uh, Don is calling from Bloomington with a question. Uh, go ahead, Don, we're listening. Thank you. All right, uh, my question is I've got some trees that I need to be trimmed, but some of them have already lost their leaves. How do, do they know which branches? really take well there's some guidelines for pruning trees uh, you don't want branches that rub against each other you don't want ones that have a poor angle that are more likely to break off anything that's dead you take off uh, for fruit trees we have a whole set of guidelines for pruning so we do have those recommendations up on the extension website and um, you want most branches to get good light and have good access to light so there are some guidelines for pruning um, but the time of year for most trees is when they're dormant in the winter time that's when the major tree companies go through and do major pruning in parks and our cities and so on so when the tree is dormant you can see the branch structure more easily so i'd encourage you to tell if it's dead or not you know, whether they're taking a live branch versus a dead. Um, it's usually based on the amount of foliage or the leaves that are on that branch. So, um, right, so it's a matter, that, and people that are uh, the specialists, the arborists, can tell the dead and live branches. When you cut the branch that's dead, uh, it's brown on the inside, uh, it snaps, uh, it doesn't have the uh, resiliency or the flexibility that a live branch has. And then if you look on the inside, you can see the cambium or the green layer that's in there so it's a it's tr a trained person can tell a, a dead and live branch in the winter time as well as in the summertime great thank you don appreciate that so if folks want to see more we can all we always tell folks to get on the website the right. umn uh, what is that website extension.umn.edu and then click on garden and then you can go to landscaping you can go to trees you can search by tree name or lawns a lot and of actually if they there. make it to the fair in the horticulture that's what building, i wanted to ask yeah you. so we oh, have a, yeah. our, our college has um some staff there we have the master gardener group that's oh, there yeah. but Answer in the questions. in the south yeah. end of the horticulture building the um uh, College of Food, Agricultural, Natural Resource Science has some staff there that answer questions all day long, and that's where our irrigation display is as well. Got to see that. Yeah. Check it out. We have about uh, two or three minutes to go here. I tell you what, let's get a, a quick question, then maybe some text. Teresa is calling in from uh, Champlin with a question. Go ahead, Teresa. Thanks. Good morning. Morning. Uh, see, when I walk uh, through my yard here in the last week or so, I, I get like a rust-colored dust on my shoes, and yes. I'm wondering what's causing that and how do I get rid of it. It is rust. <laughs> yeah, very common <laughs> fungus that we see in lawns, especially this time of year. Um, 
generally we consider it a low fertility disease so my recommendation is to get a good nitrogen fertilizer down and, and you'll see your lawn grow out of it fairly well uh, it's rarely devastating in my experience it's just going to impact the leaf tissue uh, you won't lose any quality of your lawn because of it um, but right, but that is what you describe is how we determine if you have rust. If you have uh, light-colored sneakers or shoes, walk through the grass and they will turn orange. Yep, and a good fertilizer application will usually help help get your lawn oh, on the right okay. track. There, very good. Uh -huh. We've had that question before about rust. Yeah, a few times. Uh, Texture says, "Can I plant tulip bulbs under pine trees, a kind that uh, shed a lot of needles?" Yes, actually, you can. Uh, tulips and daffodils, I would say daffodils might even do better than tulips in that location. So that's dry shade, and those bulbs like shade. Uh, they, they like uh, dry in the summer, wet in the winter, dry in the summer. So that's a location to uh, for spring flowering bulbs. Daffodils especially, and tulips for a year or so, they usually won't uh, do as well as daffodils. Here's a text uh, that said, uh, had a tree stump chipped, can we use those chips as we would use mulch? Uh, yes, you can, right. Um, they uh, will, the bigger the chip, the slower it will decompose, but yes, you can do that. I've done that myself. Yeah. And we addressed this a couple of different times, but a texter sent this, how late can you still plant grass seed? We usually say mid-September, um, but and you know again, the reality of it is if you get into October, so your only risk is the expense of seed and your time involved with it. So, But my concern is if you get some good germination um, in October and the plants are really young before going into winter, chances are they won't survive. We have about 60 seconds to go. What causes geranium leaves to yellow and dry up? Uh, the older ones normally will do that, but uh, sometimes it's a uh, fluctuation in water level, so you want to be consistent with the geraniums, especially in containers, that you always give them good water. But the older ones uh, tend to do that, so uh, it's not a fatal. Right? Let's see if we can't sneak in one more. I have a weed in my lawn that looks like a wild violet. What is it? How do I get rid of it? Well, it most certainly could be wild violet. Um, wild violet does survive mowing. Uh, we find it in a lot of areas uh, where you also would find creeping charlie, which surprisingly we haven't talked about today here at all. <laughs> Nobody asked um, that. But very similar control yeah. strategies for creeping charlie. Um, you know, that would be trying to, to prune some of the trees to get a little bit more sunlight, maybe reduce the surface moisture, and then we can certainly talk about some herbicides to get Chemicals. the grass restored the there. violets are a tough weed. They, are a tough they tend to have a big root system. They tend to have a seed that comes as well. So they're they're a tough weed. We'll yeah. be back in studio next week, one week from today, after a great fair. Good to see you guys again, Mary and Sam. Thanks. Great to be Danny. here. Thanks yeah. for coming in. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.